Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the inaugural episode of Superintendents Unplugged, In-Depth with Davis, the podcast where we will dive deep into the world of educational leadership. I'm your host, Addison Davis, and I'm thrilled to have you join me as we embark on the inspiring journey together. As a superintendent once myself, I understand the challenges and complexities that come with leading a school district. But what I've come to realize is that there's abundance of amazing work being done by superintendents all across our country. This podcast is a platform to shine a spotlight on their incredible accomplishments and innovative approaches. Each episode will bring you exclusive interviews and superintendents from various districts across our country, both big and small, urban and rural, as they share their personal stories, triumphs, and even their moments of vulnerability. We will explore the strategies they employ to tackle the ever-evolving landscape of education, from fostering equity and inclusivity to embracing technology and preparing students for their future. But this podcast isn't just about showcasing success. It's about fostering a community of educational leaders who can learn from one another, share their experiences, and collectively navigate the complexities of our role. We'll discuss the tough topics as well, the difficult decisions and the innovative solutions that are transforming education for the better. So while you're an educator, a parent, a student, or simply someone who's passionate about education, this podcast is for you. Superintendents Unplugged is your behind-the-scenes pass to the world of educational leadership where we uncover the stories that inspire, motivate, and empower every one of us. Get ready to be inspired, challenge, and entertain as we embark on this incredible journey together. I can't wait to introduce you to the remarkable superintendent who are changing the educational landscape one district at a time. Welcome to another episode of Superintendents Unplugged. I'm your host, Addison Davis, and today we have a special guest, the Superintendent of Schools of Denver Public School District, Dr. Alex Moreau. Thank you so very much for being here. Of course. I know, isn't it? You call? Yeah, listen. It's hard, it's hard to say no. <laughs> you know, listen, we have, we have Todd Lamb here as well. He is a partner in Strategist Group, but today it's about you. Let, I'm going to start this off with this. The 2023 National Superintendent to watch. Now, you know, tell me about that. What's going on with that? How do we get there? And congrats to you, my friend. Oh, thank you. I'll take it as congratulations. I wondered the same. Yeah. I, I, what What do you need to do, or what aren't you doing, uh, to I guess uh, be highlighted? Uh, it's not something that you apply for, right? That's so that means that that's right. That folks have been paying attention. Um, and and 2023, there were two. There was a national. Um, there was a bigger group, which I think it was 20 of us. That's right. Then I got the K-12, one of five. And I think those mostly devoted to the largest school districts. It mm-hmm. was me, Cincinnati, some other uh, school districts. I think Chicago was the previous year. Yeah, that sure. that one was the one that made me scratch my head and say, okay. <laughs> so when I read the little briefing on it, it's because of uh, the lift, how contentious it is. Sure. Um, it being Denver Public Schools, which is the district in yeah. the state of Colorado in terms yeah. of size, the but also district in yeah, yeah, and incredibly political, sure. uh, so political that several superintendents ago, um, our current U.S. Senator went from superintendent to U.S. Senator. Wow. Michael Bennett. Wow. Uh, and he's still the U.S. Senator for the state wow. of Colorado. So it is. well, you know, it, what it says to me is that, you know, and, and I've got a chance to watch you from afar in mm-hmm. Florida, you know, lead the seven large school district in the nation. But 
watching you navigate through some really you know great things for your community, fighting for kids, fighting for fiscal responsibility, really trying to do the right things. And I think that from a national perspective, leaders see that and appreciate that. So from our perspective, thank you for being a champion for change. Thank you for re- being willing to make the hard decisions based on your community, taxpayer dollars, and most importantly, your students. So congrats to you. No, thank you, Addison. If I can, I'll give you and our others uh, plugs. And I know you and I have mentors as well that we <laughs> yes, share sir. from Alberto and the list goes on. Yes, sir. But I have a T-chart, right? I, I, I make it, I really break it down to the most simplest forms when it comes to decision making on how I show up and function. My T-chart has a list of those who I want to emulate, whether it's style, whether it's oration, whether it's decision making. Yes, sir. But I have to keep it real. The other side of that T-chart is much longer, and it's with a list of things that I will never do. Perfect. So, no things to emulate, things to avoid. Yes, Others sir. have done it. <laughs> no foolish of me if I actually commit that mistake. That's right. A second what's, time around. What's the first one or two things on the don't ever do list? Well, without uh, <laughs> mentioning names, right? Because these are folks who are, are still active, right? In K twelve, um, it, it's most a lot of that came when I was like an assistant soup deputy yep. poop, and even a principal. Yeah, I'm trying hard to understand why said individual will function this way. Treat sure, us, sure. right? When we're doing the heavy lifting, those of us who've been number two, number three, you know that sometimes that's you do it all. It's a grind, right? You do it all. That's how asterisk that, is always there. That's where you cut your teeth. That's where that that's where the rite of passage comes in, and and that really makes sure that when I'm in a position to elevate, like we're here in the Council of Gracie Schools, and I have well over a dozen folks here, sure. right? And all of these hopefully can become superintendents if they choose to. At the Absolutely. very least, they're growing tremendously. Absolutely. Right? And I'm also that superintendent who allows them to learn, first and foremost, have fun secondly. So when they're out and about, right. I'm not showing up. Uh, as long as you show up tomorrow morning at 7.30, we won't have any issues. So I believe in growing. So uh, to, to answer your question is, the treatment of those folks who are doing the heavy lifting and making you look good, quite frankly, yep. I will never uh, disparage or I try to really tarnish that. I'll elevate to make sure that they have the endurance to do so. That was That's high on that do not do list. Yep. Sure. Yep. You, you talk about creating a longer, stronger bench of, of future leaders. And and you also talk about the, the creating the greatest balance of work and you know and i i honestly maybe family or other friends and you creating that space in that time that is so important you know and for us as leaders you know that balance is hard to obtain but for you to model and lead and give your your staff that opportunity to let their hair down and go do things that you know outside of you know work because our work never shuts down let's be clear about it it just talks about leadership and uh you know you bringing them here allowing them to have their professional development talks about you being able to allow them to really learn as much as they can to do some cool things for kids. But let's talk about kids in, in Denver. What's some major areas of focus we have right now as you look at continue to accelerate? You know, we watch, you've been moving the needle. You know, how do you continue to make that sustainable? And what are some areas of focus? Yeah, no, great question. So that's always, uh, when I go back to decision-making, um, when I try to minimize the situation or simplify, rather, as complex as those um positions that you need to take are when you really boil it down the golden rule of decision making i believe is is it in the best interest of students mm-hmm. right once you have a clear yes then you come up with a strategy on how to navigate the uh, intended or unintended consequences yeah, that come along they're both with that there. Way, right <laughs> um but oftentimes i feel like some uh decision makers miss that 
core function, which is, is it in the best interest of the system, which in turn is the best interest of the, of the students. That's right. I've been guided by that. Right. So no matter what, even if it's incredibly contentious and trust me, I've been a yeah. part of them. Listen, I've been there with you. I, I've been part of some that folks will probably scratch their heads. Thank you for doing it. But I can always go back and I often say this, not to disrespect the work because it's, it's, it's taxing, but I haven't lost sleep over a decision. That's right. And it's because I know it was the right decision. Right. My decision right? Uh, um, I may, uh, you know, wake up a little earlier so I can come up with a better strategy on how to engage with, you know, Addison in the morning, who's going to be upset, Todd in the afternoon. Yep. Um, but it's not as if I'm wondering, uh oh, did I make a mistake? Right. right. So our core function as educators is education. This is what I tell This is part of my rhetoric here. So right. what's our core function? I expect folks to reply. I'm a big call and response guy. I'm from the Bronx. I mean, we started hip hop, right? So I go, we started hip hop. That's my, not my Hill game. Yeah, that's right. That's right. So we started hip hop. So when I say something, I expect the response. I feed off crowds, right? What's our core function? Education. And at uh, DPS, what's our mission? Equity. Sure. So your question. Sure. So you put that together. I say our collective responsibility is educational equity. Okay. So we have great things that are happening. We have students who are number one, number two in all rankings um, across assessments um, in the state of Colorado, mostly white students. Sure. But then we have um, our black students, as an example, okay. who are, well, first of all, may have eight districts in the entire state that qualify for even having a black subgroup, right? And in that group, we may be out of the eight, four, okay. which is middle of the you pack, vary, right? Yeah. But we're so large that our disparity is so large that we do have the largest gap, Sure. right? So I use that as motivation saying, okay, our, so even if we shift this way, so if our black students are here, our white students are here, sure. and our white students go here and our black students just edge, sure. the gap has increased, but everybody's trending in the right direction. Sure. So it's all about celebrating that, but also not losing focus that these this gap should not That's right. be here. Good for you. And I always... Uh, give credit to those who came before me, but also acknowledge the reality that the gap didn't come about under this administration. That's right. It's been around since we started education. For, uh, for a minute, right? Yeah. So, <laughs> so uh, keeping students at the forefront, making sure that everything that we do is not only uh, for the betterment of all, but in particular for those that have been historically marginalized. That keeps us grounded and we're making inroads. We have the highest graduation rate ever. It's all right? uh, We have uh, more students of color not only going to post-secondary, actually graduating. That's well, perfect. Right? So we, we're monitoring that. So those two are the major highlights. Um, and and certain things that we're leading the charge, if I can share, is sure. in terms of climate action, yeah. I've been blessed to inherit a group of students who care about the future more than us. Yeah. Right? No, uh, all I did was lend an ear and allow myself to get educated by these youngsters who are leaps and bounds ahead of adults in terms of sustainability and what I didn't know. I know what a lot of us know. I know how to fix systems. I know a school accountability and improvement. I know how to get <laughs> folks from, from bad to good, and then it's a struggle from good to great. But I can take you there. What I don't know is what I don't know, and I've allowed myself to be a learner just like students. And they're really leading the charge of being highlighted here. They've been highlighted at the White House. So when it comes to sustainability, we're really, I feel, a district like no other. Let's, let's talk about a challenge and, and it's not just in your district, it's really everywhere in the country, which is the teacher shortage. Oh. And a lot of people seem to blame the teacher shortage on COVID. I, I think it probably is more complex than that. What, what is your understanding of why this is happening and what are you doing about it? Yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to answer that in theory, but I think it's fact. Right? Um, and I want to end with teachers, but I want to just say that education as a whole is suffering. Yeah. Right? Even when it came to our support system, 
um, our bus drivers, we had a tremendous shortage like everyone else. I yeah. think. Yep. And we struggled big time, 200 vacancies with a thousand buses on the road. It was hard to deal with. So, um, don't know if we're aware. I, I made sure that we had the capacity to do so. I, I've settled every contract that has been put in front of me. And Denver Public Schools have has had the unfortunate history of strikes. Like like yeah. right now, we have major major districts uh, either in a strike at this very moment or soon to be in a strike, which is the we, reality we of what we're doing. We got top five districts in the nation going to strike, well, particularly potentially as early as today. Yeah, 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 exactly. Congrats so. No, it, it that that was uh, me showing uh, not only my commitment to the educators, um, but also I'm not leaving the room because I don't want anybody to declare that as impasse because I'm here to cut a deal. Right. So that that was my strategy. Good. Fatigue. <laughs> Lots of coffee and long hours. <laughs> coffee and cold pizza. Um, not no, no exaggeration. If I can share when we had the teacher. Uh, contract on the very last day before the expiration we started on 8 a.m we sell settled it 8 a.m 24 hours later wow and it was coffee and cold pizza yep no i had cabinet members taking naps in the office and then taking turns and i'm sure it was happening sure. the same on the other side of the team i had my hair growing in yeah, yeah right all right so but, but you know, so, congrats to you for just creating that space for your team and to understand the importance because some people walk away from it and they allow it to go and you don't get it done roll up your sleeves and putting it to the your shoulder to the wheel making it happen congrats to you and your team for doing that because as soon as we can get those done the better we can with the focus on kids so i think that's a, you know a celebration but going back to it you know I, Twenty dollars an hour is one of the things you did for bus drivers. That's if right. you're watching and you want to be a driver, Denver may be the highest paid, <laughs> maybe highest paid uh, drivers. And it's so important to get our children to school to make certain that they are there and they are prime. We give them a sense of hope, and they've done that in Denver. So congrats to you for yeah, making that a priority. Yeah. We know every day we're trying to create a longer, stronger bench for for teachers, for leaders, for support staff, for peer professionals, for interventionists. You know, how, how are you doing it? Yeah. It's a national crisis. Is it is. It is. I'll start with bus drivers and I'll get back to your question around teachers because uh, that's more of an idea yep. and an initiative that I think will transform our district. And I'll get to that in a moment. But it was, again, boiling it down to why we need to be not only competitive, the most competitive. Um, kudos to my board of education. They've given me directives via policy. Make sure that every employee in this district is top three in total comp. I welcome that that challenge, right? Uh, cause I can start at one, but as long as I don't break uh, third, that, that third, three. then, and, and that's what clarity. It, you want that from a board, but it helps, it helps the system. And, sure. and, and in uh, Colorado, we're one of the you know, worst funded States when it comes to education. So right. it makes it that more difficult, but it also puts the pressure on, you know how it is. You wait for the next neighboring district and that's now right. you're on. That's right. So, so I the pressure was, why do we need to address the shortage? Right? Because our students, uh, need transportation. Clearly, we're uh, a choice market in uh, DPS, so we're already encountering declining enrollment. This will not only uh, create more, right, in terms of uh, our students who make uh, families make decisions to go elsewhere. Sure. So pupil funding is going to be impacted. So it's not necessarily addressing it because of the bottom line that's there. It's ultimately what's going to the damage that it will cause, right? Our, our district could, could just evaporate, right? Right. So we uh, you know, put the brain trust together. What can we afford? You no, know, took a basic analysis of the market. 
and we're several, several dollars above. And sure enough, it did address it because it was so bleak and dire, the situation, uh, that we ended up grabbing a whole bunch of folks from neighboring districts, but others. And, and the cost of living in Denver is, is higher than other places. So it, it also made sense. So I had policy to support decision, but also the rationale of this is what you need to survive. Right. Right. So that was for the bus drivers. We did it for our paraprofessionals, too. They're $20 an hour, which is, again, a record for our state and, and uh, the highest in the state of Colorado. But when it comes to our teachers, we were, when we set up the contract, number one, but no, then other districts came afterwards. So chasing you. Yeah. <laughs> but we haven't figured that one out, if I can be absolutely honest. And, and no, I don't know if anyone has. Sure. Here is my question. This theory, but I think it's fact. I've sat on enough schools of education, higher ed, from Manhattan College to yeah. NYU, and even now locally in the, in the boulders of the world, me and Deion Sanders. Yeah. Just kidding. Just kidding. Um, but here's what I've discovered. Superintendent Prime. Yeah. I'm going to get us a glass. Here's what I've noticed. Uh, tuition keeps going up. Interest in the profession keeps going down. Yep. And I, back, back years ago, used to ask the question as, as the novice leader in the room, what are we going to do when we hit that crossroad? Sure. We've passed that. Yeah, absolutely. And I think we're all to blame. So I'm going to blame you, Todd. Just met you. I'm going to blame you. I'm blaming myself. I'm blaming you all, society. We've made this profession so undesirable that I don't know how I'm going to staff. I don't know if we have person power in the future. So as a result, right, although I love our uh, preparation programs, right, I've been part of them. Sure. I've trained a whole lot of leaders and teachers and leaders of the future. It's so undesirable and also the respect, or I should say lack of respect to the profession. And I can say this from my own perspective, meaning in, in, in my culture, if you will, right? My mom's Dominican, my father's Cuban, that your, your teacher is not only your profesor, profesora maestra, they're a lot more than that. Mm-hmm. No, there's someone who you bow down to, you respect, yep. right? Yep. The, the reverence of that profession is no different than uh, that surgeon or that elected official. Um, we don't have that here. If anything, we're, we're the face and the poster child's are being thrown stones at. You would agree. Yeah, right. hundred percent. If it happens to us, it happens in the classroom. All we hear is about complaints and it's even harder to earn a degree. So as much as I love my higher ed folks, we need to do better. And then this is where we're to blame. We make it impossible for them to want to stay in the job, right? With the over-evaluation and, and making it tough. And so what we've done is... I have a strategic plan, which we call the roadmap. It gives me flexibility. So if COVID comes again, yeah, not, I still have my North Star. I don't have to shelve a plan. Yep. Um, but it's there's three components. The student experience, of course. We have the system experience, which is all policy and how we structure everything that has to do with human transportation. But we have the adult experience and where we define what our adults need. From compensation, from mental health to coaching, and not just instructional coaching, life coaching. Right. People need to Executive pay more coaching. attention yep. to that. That's right. But I also am looking to now create, I'm calling it a department initiative where I've given a priority on our budget to come up with a concept of international, not just teacher recruitment, everything that I just mentioned. Sure. You identify the talent, you name the place. You like Panama, you like Costa Rica, you like Dominican Republic, right? Or we can go to the Philippines. 
right? Wherever there's talent, need, desire. Let's go. We identify the talent. We do micro-credentialing to ensure that not only are they prepared for uh, our students, but also fill the void in special ed, multilingual learning. But here's where the other component, the coaching, beyond instructional coaching, the life coaching, it's a culture shock, right? And the hardest part is trying to figure out housing. Once I get the housing done, I have a self-sustaining system that not only supports DPS for years to come. Sure. I also know what it does outside of uh, of our of our orders quite frankly when you bring someone who's a professional and they're now able to not only support themselves you change a family overseas and even a village i've seen it happen uh, you, you really transform lives in more so than just your classroom that's just in here yeah. i've articulated this to a team they're all motivated but well, we haven't done it yet. Yep. I said, I, I, when you were talking about reverence for the profession, I, my mom taught from 1952 to 1992. And when you do that, you know, a lot of adults will walk up to your mother in, uh, in the mall and, and tell, tell her how much she mattered to them. Mm-hmm. We now live in a society where when you're in charge, as you both were in charge, there's just a, a certain group of people that just want to take shots. And, and we don't live in, in a world of reverence for, and, for authority anymore, do we? No. You do not. You don't hear all the special things that are going on. I mean, today you shared, for, for me, what your last couple of statements are so powerful because we can really focus on the professional development side of building the intellectual capacity of our teachers. And, and kudos to everybody does that around the nation. But for you to come in today and really talk about really understanding the the mental capacity of our teachers outside of work, understanding are they are in a survival mode, understanding where they are from an economical perspective, where they are, you know, do they have best friends at work? Do they genuinely care and have a warm, inviting place every single day? You unlock that and you will solve problems every day in the educational realm. And thank you for going outside and thinking differently for that process because that is the game changer in this process. And if you were even so. growing legs across this, you know, across the globe, the identifying individuals who want to be at peace by this by doing micro credentials and bringing to be able to fill the voids, kudos to you. Yeah, yeah. I think uh, if if we as uh, large system leaders, and I say large, because I, I do feel that you can address the crisis that we're in in terms of shortage, mm-hmm. in terms of special ed uh, qualified professionals, in terms of mental health. There's so many like cliffs. Um, that a, a smaller district can uh, navigate through, right? No, when you, when you have a pocket of of, of true committed uh, members of your community, and you have uh, this turnover, you can manage it. But when you get larger, no, economies of scale is a great thing, but also makes it that much more complex. You you're going to have voids throughout your system, right. and if you don't think strategically on how to address that, then you're doomed, Absolutely. right? I, and and I'm I'm hopeful, and I'm sharing this. Because this is not a race. I'm doing it for our, our, our like, livability, right? Yeah. It's, it's really a survival mode that yeah, we're in. today. However, I want everyone to engage in this because I believe in, I'm a kleptomaniac. You have a great practice, I'm stealing it. <laughs> Unless you tell me to stay away, right? Right? Um, and, and, and I invite everyone to do the same. You didn't steal your pocket square. That's right. <laughs> you know, it's not by coincidence. We didn't, we didn't match this way. I just saw it and I said, I like it. Thank you. <laughs> Uh, I, you know, I can't say enough. Thank you so very much for joining us today, Alex. You know, you are doing remarkable things, and this nation realizes it. I can tell you, all the way from Florida and Tampa, Florida, Jackson, Florida now, 
we follow you and we know that you care for kids and you have such a love to be able to create some really cool spaces for, for your your entire community. We thank you for that, Prof. Dad. Oh, I appreciate thank it. You. So you've heard it today from one of the best, creativity about being able not to only focus on move the needle educationally, but wrapping his arms around every one of his staff members where they have a sense of hope every single day and a sense of care to do some really cool things in Denver Public Schools. For next time, we look forward to seeing you on Superintendent Unplugged. I'm Addison Davis and look forward to seeing you in the class. Superintendent Prime. Prime, baby. <laughs>